Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired naval officer, CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. Hey there, you podcasters. I'm super excited to come on today to be a blessing to you. Have I got a word for you? I have been away for a while. I have been training. I have been doing things that God has called me to do in this particular season and just doing a bit of traveling and speaking to different ministries. And um, now this is the time that the Lord has um, pulled me back out um, to begin ministering again on my podcast station. So I want to tell you guys, thanks for being loyal. Thanks for waiting for me. Um, But I got a word for you that's going to bless you. It's going to change your life. This word has been birthed out over just spending time with God in this last month, the month of October is the month that I like to shed in with the Lord. It's a rebirth month where he's trying to do something fresh and anew in me in a restoration month. So I took the time to spend in the cleft of the rock with the Father. And I'm challenging you when the Lord is trying to call you away to spend time with him. I want you to get to the place that you are obedient and that you do it, that everything stops for the Father. Everything puts itself on pause for what God wants to do with you in that secret place. And that's exactly what he did. He birthed something awesome out in this, um, in the secret place with him. So I'm excited to share. If I had to title today's topic, I would title it, The Camels Have Conditions. The Camels Have Conditions. Yes, you heard me right. I said the camels have conditions. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard a lot about the great wealth transfer. And what is happening right now is if you if you peruse social media, any any major um, prophetic means, people are talking about the great wealth transfer. And the great wealth transfer, we are in that season where the Lord is shifting the wealth from the wicked to the righteous. And then those that are chosen, those that are called, those that are in alignment with God will walk into a great wealth transfer. Now, I mentioned it briefly before back in August when I believe that was the last time I um, ministered and talked a little bit about the great wealth transfer. Uh, At least I know I mentioned it on my YouTube channel. So if you get an opportunity, go over to Positive Thinking Podcast with Jasmine Baker on my YouTube channel. And it talks a lot about uh, the great wealth transfer. But while you're perusing that, you will see others talking about this great wealth transfer. And oftentimes when they talk about the great wealth transfer, they reference Isaiah 60 and 6, this this particular scripture. And I'm going to read it to you. And I'm going somewhere on today. Remember, I said, if I had to title today's topic, I would title it, The Camel's have condition. Now, when they talk about this great wealth transfer, they go over to Isaiah 60 and 6. And this is how it reads. It says, great caravans of camels will come from Midian and Ephah. They will come from Sheba, bringing gold and incense. People will tell the good news of what the Lord has done. I want to read that again. Flip over to Isaiah 60 and 6, because when I talk about the camels have conditions, and when I talk about the great wealth transfer, this is the scripture that you will hear most uh, believers, prophetic people referencing Isaiah 60 and 6. It reads, great caravans of camels will come from Midian and Ephah. They will come from Sheba, bringing gold and incense. People will tell the good news of what the Lord has done. Now, with this particular scripture, and, and that's not the scripture I'm going to go into today. That's not our anchor scripture. But I just want you to understand that when they're talking about this great wealth transfer that's going to happen, they're talking about it using this particular scripture that great caravans of camels will come. And we know camels, I mean, not camels, but camels, stay with me now, camels symbolize blessings. They symbolize 
blessings. And it's important that you get that on today because when I begin to talk about these camels, it's going to uh, open up a little bit more as I dig into the scriptures. But then the topic will begin to make sense that the camels have conditions. Now, a lot of the times when I release prophecy, I remind the hearer of the prophecy when I'm releasing a personal prophecy to them that this prophecy uh, most times have conditions. They have conditions. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is uh, prophecies having conditions. And then I'll go into my scriptures on today and unpack it. I'll be unpacking Genesis 24 and 10. Genesis 24 and 10. Again, the topic is the camels have conditions. The scripture that I'm going to unpack is Genesis 24 and 10. But I want to give you a bit of a foundation that you might understand where I'm going when I dive into the scriptures. Okay. Now, when I was talking about this conditional element to prophecy, it's important that we really, really take time to understand that because this aspect of prophecy is very important, but this is the aspect of prophecy that's oftentimes misunderstood. When a prophecy is spoken to someone, so if I'm speaking a prophecy to someone about them personally, it's almost always conditional in nature. You say, what do you mean? I'm glad you asked. See, the fulfillment of that prophecy often depends on the attitude and the actions of the one who's receiving the prophecy. Okay, so you say, well, what does all that mean? I'm going to give you a good example of it when I talk about the, the conditions um, the conditional element of the prophecy. And the, the easiest uh, biblical character to think about is... Um, Let's think about Saul. When Samuel began to speak to Saul, he gets a revelation from God. So if you go over to 1 Samuel 9 and 17, God gives Samuel this revelation that Saul would be king. And then the revelation becomes a prophecy when Samuel speaks it to Saul in 1 Samuel 10 and 1. Now we all know the story of Saul. Saul is the king who was disobedient. And when he was disobedient, the kingdom was stripped from him. Now, what you have to understand is that Samuel delivered another prophecy over the original prophecy that he told Saul. Now, the original prophecy tells Saul that Saul, you are going to be king. And this is not just Samuel. Samuel is Samuel the prophet in the Bible. This isn't Samuel just coming up with his own thing. God gave Samuel revelation and he released that revelation by way of prophecy to Saul to tell Saul that the Lord has chosen Saul to be king. Now, when he's chosen to be king, remember I said prophecy oftentimes has a conditional element to it. Now, when he chose him to be king, of course, he's choosing him with the thought process that, look, you have to be obedient to what I've called you to do because I've called you to be king over what? Over my people. They're not your people. They're my people. So I've called you saw to be king over my people, but they have some conditions attached to it. And that's kind of where I'm going today. I want you to stay with me. Now, when Samuel uh, finds out that Saul is disobedient, because what happens is Saul um, decides to uh, step into the role of the prophet by giving a sacrifice before they go into battle. And God had not called Saul to do that. Saul was king. Samuel was the prophet. Samuel was called to minister in the Lord in that way. But Saul decides that he's going to do it because he's getting ready to go into battle. He has pressure from the people and Samuel, the prophet is nowhere to be found. And he waits for a while on Samuel, but then Samuel doesn't show up. And then, so he decides, okay, I'm just going to do this myself. And because he decided to do that and amongst other things, he was disobedient in other areas as well. But this was like the straw that broke the camel's back. He decides that he's going to do this. And then what ends up happening when you flip over to Samuel 13 and 13, this is how it reads. It says, you acted foolishly. So when Saul decides that he wants to operate as the prophet by giving way to the sacrifice, um, Samuel finally shows up and, and says this statement to Saul. He says, you acted foolish, foolishly. Samuel said, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader over his people because you have not kept 
the Lord's commands. Now, see, remember I said oftentimes when a personal prophecy is given to someone, the receiver, they have a conditional element. Now, with this particular uh, scripture with Saul, the condition was that he would stay in obedience unto God. But when he got out of the will of God, that's why I like to say this conditional element, we can also call it the if factor, the if factor. If you do this, you get that. Because sometimes people don't understand that when a prophecy is given to them, just because the prophecy is given doesn't put it like it's etched in stone. And, and I want to make this clear because oftentimes when uh, you hear believers talk about a prophecy that's been given, a revelation that's been given to them, and then they release it by way of prophecy to the person, um, some people think that that prophecy is always set in stone. And I want you to understand it. Oftentimes it's not set in stone when it's a personal prophecy. Oftentimes it is uh, an if factor. If the person does this, they receive that. If they do this, they don't receive that. Because you have to understand that the Lord is giving prophecy because he loves his people. He's trying to get something to you so that you will have an answer to something, some clarity on something, some guidance on something. But he's doing it because he's a what? He's a good, good father. So he doesn't want you to be uh, steered on the wrong direction. He don't want you to go down the wrong path. He's always trying to uh, be like what they say, like a... a, a person brewing over their chicks. He's always trying to watch you, care for you, even when we don't care for ourselves. And you say, well, prophet, what does all that mean? I I'm going to get there. Because remember, the title is the camels have a condition. The camels have a condition. The camels being the great wealth transfer that they're talking about. There's a conditional element to it. And, and the reason I'm stressing that one today is because they've been releasing this um, prophecy to people saying, hey, you know, the great wealth transfer, but sometimes we don't give it enough clarity. And I'm here to just unpack it a little bit more and give it some clarity. Now, remember I said the prophecies have these conditional elements, these conditional elements. But the other thing that I wanted to mention is uh, where Christians can sometimes uh, fall short is that they believe that a true prophet of God is one who's defined by the preciseness of the prophecy that they say. And that's not necessarily true either because we all know the story of Jonah. We know the story of Jonah. We know the story of Samuel. When Samuel goes to uh, replace Saul, he goes to Jesse's house and remember how he finds David and anoints David as king. But remember how he went to all the other brothers first saying, surely this has to be the king. He goes to all these people first before he actually understands that the Lord is saying, this is who I want being, this being David. So because he picked all those other people or was thinking it was those other people, does that make him a false prophet? No, that doesn't make him a false prophet. That makes him human. That makes him human. That shows the human element of the prophet. So to, to mark a true prophet with the statement that everything they say has to, has to be factual or every or every prophecy that we make clarification on that every prophecy they give has to line up that's not necessarily true that's not necessarily true prophecy is much more deeper than that it has much more substance than that so you say you say all that to say what i say all that to say there's two things i want you to take into consideration when i unpack Genesis 24 and 10, because remember I said the title is the camels have conditions. This great wealth transfer that's going to happen has a conditional element to it. And I'm going to tell you the three conditional elements that should be in alignment so that you will receive your wealth transfer so that your family will receive their wealth transfer so that the, that the whole generation could receive their wealth transfer. Now quickly go with me over to Genesis 24 and 10, and then I'm going to jump right in. And now we're going to begin to unpack the scriptures of today. And I'm, and I know you're like, man, this is a lot of scripture, but I had to give you some fundamentals before we jumped into this word. Now, this is how the scripture reads. So, um, the story takes place, um, at the letter end of Abraham's life. So Genesis 24 and 10, and then I'll read 10 all the way down. You know, I'll be really deep into this thing. But the, the, where we're starting at in verse 10, this is the part of Abraham's life where he's basically an old man. He's lived a good life. He has favor from God. And he's at the point in his life where he just wants his son to receive a wife. But he, he didn't want him to receive any kind of wife. He wanted him to receive a wife 
from his own country because he didn't want his son to have a Canaanite wife. And the reason he didn't want his son to have a, a Canaanite wife is because the Lord had called them not to uh, intermingle and marry foreign women. So he's wanting to honor and be obedient to the word of God. So he wants to find his son, a wife from his own country. And what happens is that he begins to talk to his servant in Genesis 24 and 10. And that's where we pick up in Genesis 24 and 10. This is Abraham having a conversation with his servant concerning finding a wife for his son, Isaac. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. Then the servant left talking with him, 10 of his master's camels loaded with all kinds of goods and things from his masters. I need you to get this. The servant left talking with him, taking with him 10 of his master's camels loaded with all kinds of things from his master. See, so what has happened at this moment in time is that Abraham has a conversation with his um, senior servant and he makes his senior servant take an oath that he would go and find uh, Isaac, a wife in his country. So basically the senior servant takes this oath and now we're at the point where the servant has left and he's left with 10 camels loaded. I'm saying 10 camels loaded with all types of good things from the master. He set out from Araman Nera, I'm at verse 11, and made his way to the town of Nahar. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was toward evening time and the women, when the women go out to draw water. Remember I said the title is that the camels have condition. The camels symbolizing that wealth transfer. They have a condition. It's not just going to happen. There's things that need to be in alignment so that that blessing might, um, that blessing might take place at the right time for you in your life. I'm at verse 12. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master, Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master, Abraham. See, I am standing aside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I water your camels too. Remember I said today's topic is the camels have a condition. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant, Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So this is the servant basically saying a prayer to God. He's basically saying, look, this is the time where the women come out. If, if, you know, allow this woman to give me water and allow her to also give water to my camels. And this will be a sign unto me that this is the wife for Isaac. I'm at verse 15 before he had finished praying. So he has, he's praying this in his, within himself. We don't know. It, it, the scriptures don't allude to him praying this out loud. Is this some of the scriptures say he was praying this in his heart. It says, Rebecca came out with a jar on her shoulders with a jar on her shoulders. She was the daughter of Bethel, son of Milka, who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahar. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar and came up again. So this is Rebecca now stepping on the scene. Remember, the servant is the servant sent from Abraham. He is down here by the spring where all the town's women come and draw water. He has said a prayer in his heart. And as he's praying this prayer in his heart, Rebecca shows up with a jar on her shoulder. The servant, I'm at verse 17, the servant hurried to meet her and said, please give me a little water from your jar. So the servant is now speaking to Rebecca saying, hey, will you give me some water from your from your jar? And this is how she responds. Drink, my Lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. Now she's lowering it to her hands because the jar is on her shoulders. It's believed that this was probably a five gallon jar that she could hold on her shoulders to get water. And it's believed that they would go back and forth uh, two or three times to the well a day so that the people in their home could drink. So he's saying to her, please give me a little water from your jar. She says, drink Lord and quickly lower the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. 
after she had given him a drink. Now get this. He's asked her for something. She hasn't said anything. I could imagine if I could see this in my mind, it's probably mid noon. It's probably really hot during the day. And she's not complaining that he's asking her for water to drink out of her jar. This is what it says in verse 19. And she had given him a drink. She said, I'll draw water for your camels. So now she's drawing water for the camels. Now remember the prayer that the servant prayed in his heart was that the woman would give him water to drink, but she would also give the camels water to drink. I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have had enough to drink. I need you to catch that until they have had enough to drink. So it's believed that a camel uh, during this time period, if they had been traveling all day, they could drink up to 25 gallons of water a piece. Now it's believed that it was 10 camels with the servant. So she is now with a five gallon jar uh, giving water to the servant and then giving water to the camels who could drink. Each camel could drink up to 25 gallons individually of water so you could imagine if she has a five gallon jar how much work she's actually doing back and forth grabbing this water from this well to uh satisfy the camel's thirst now remember i said the title was the camels have conditions the camels have conditions the camels signifying this great wealth transfer the camels signifying this global movement of uh, resources from one person to the next so it says until they had enough to drink so she quickly emptied her jar into the trough ran back to the well to draw more water so you can see this in your mind she's running back and forth to the well drawing water so the camels can be satisfied from their thirstiness i'm at verse 21 without saying a word the man watched her closely watched her closely to learn whether or not the lord had made the journey successful because initially when you read the entirety of genesis 24 you will see the conversation that's had between abraham and his servant and and, and it's a very intimate detailed conversation full of nuggets full of nuggets and, and the nuggets that is full of is full of all these things that we kind of neglect when we are given a task from god we neglect honor we neglect humility we neglect service and this conversation shows the intimacy of a master and his servants relationship but i'm at verse 22 it says when the camels had finished drinking when the camels have finished drinking remember i said the title of today's topic is that the camels have a condition i need you to stay with me the camels have a condition verse 22 says when the camels had finished drinking so after rebecca has humbled herself she's in the sun going back and forth feeding these camels not one camel but 10 camels not feeding them but giving them water to drink and remember i told you they could drink up to 25 gallons each so if they could drink up to 25 gallons each a few times 25 gallons of of water for 10 camels that's 250 gallons of water of work that she has to do with a five gallon jar so she has a, a small jar going back and forth and she keeps going until they are satisfied and the scripture signified to us that when the camels had finished drinking come on now this is the what i indicate as the first condition of the great wealth transfer the first condition of the great wealth transfer you say what is that it is when the camels had finished drinking when the work is done this is work taking place so when this great wealth transfer comes there's going to be some work involved she was working with a five gallon jar to give them 250 gallons of water to all these 10 camels 25 each so after they had finished drinking the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two gold bracelets weighing 10 shekels then he said whose daughter are you so get this when the camels finish drinking he takes out the gold nose ring and the and the bracelets and then and, and then asks her whose daughter are you please tell me is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night. So you gotta think, after she has did all this work in the sun with these camels, I'm sure she's sweating, she's tired, he rewards her 
after, not after he got the water, but after the camels were satisfied. Remember I said on today, the camels have conditions. The work, there's going to be some work involved first before you receive the stuff that's rightfully yours. And I'm here to prepare you on today to have the right perspective, to have the right mindset, to have the right heart concerning the matter that the Lord is not getting ready to just drop you your wealth in your lap. Can he do it? Absolutely he can because he can do above all we could ever think or imagine. But I'm here to tell you that in this particular season, the wealth transfer has conditions. The camels have conditions. Okay. Now she's met the first condition. She's met the first condition because he rewards her. The man took out a gold nose ring weighing a Becca and two gold bracelets. Now I need you to say with me. And remember I said that Rebecca saw that it's 10 camels. She, I'm pretty sure when she's giving the man something to drink, she's very aware and she's looking around that he has 10 camels. So she knew she was getting ready to have to do some work. The word of God says, shall a man uh, count the cost before he builds? So he's telling you to, to count the cost before you start building. So before you start saying, I want this great wealth transfer, I need you to count the cost. The cost is it's going to involve some work. For Rebecca, she accepted the cost and she was, it, it looks like she didn't say anything in the scripture. She said, hey, I'll give you some water and I'll go ahead and, and water your camels. She sounds like she has a servant's spirit, but stay with me. So when the camels have finished drinking, when the camels have finished drinking, she received a blessing. She received what I would indicate as the first wealth transfer in her life. Now, when this wealth transfer happens, remember I said that there are some conditions that must be met. The condition number one is honor. Honor begets honor. I need you to get that. Honor begets honor. I'm going to say it again. Honor begets honor. Abraham honors God. Abraham's servant honors him. Rebecca honors Abraham's servant. So this is a line of honor that's happening. So that's an indicator to me that in order for me to be in alignment, one of the conditions that must be met is honor. There's some honor is going to take place in this great wealth transfer. There's some honor because think about this. The servant is having to go back to Abraham's hometown. He's having to go back to Abraham's hometown. I'm sure that that's not a one day journey. That's probably a couple of days to get back to Abraham's town. It's hot. He got the camels. He traveling. They thirsty. And then he gets here. And the last thing you want to do is get somewhere and people are acting up. So the, the women could have responded in any kind of way, but Rebecca didn't. Rebecca responded to the servant with honor and the servant responded to Abraham's request to go find Isaac a wife with honor. Remember I said lesson number one is honor begets honor. Condition number two is humility begets humility. Now Abraham is humble and obedient unto God following the command not to marry foreign women. And then the servant humbles himself and believes by the word of Abraham that this woman that he will find will come to him. Not only that, Rebecca's family, when we go deeper into this scripture, you will see Rebecca's family and how they humbly allow her to leave. Remember, I said humility begets humility. So when you give humility, you get humility. If you give honor, you get honor. You cannot receive what you do not respect. You do not receive what you do not honor. Come on now. You don't get humility when you don't give humility. Come on now. That's a simple reaping and sowing system. That's the principles of God. That's how he operates. Condition number three is service. And I don't, and I don't even have to beat that dead horse. You can, you can see that she just gave service, not just to the servant. She gave service unto the camels, to the camels. That's a humble heart. That's a humble spirit because she's going back and forth with her water jar feeding I mean, well, giving the camels water, that is service, service. And not to mention, I can't even, I, oh man, thinking about it, 250 gallons, she's just going back and forth. This probably was like an hour scenario. She giving them water and going back and forth. That is service. That is service. But when all the conditions were met, 
she received what? She received the gold nose ring, weighing a Becca, and two gold bracelets, weighing two shekels. But it doesn't stop there. I'm at verse 24. It says, she answered him because he asked her, Who, whose daughter are you? And this is how she answered him. She answered him, I am the daughter of Bethel, the son of Milcah, born to Nahor. And she added, we have plenty of straw and fodder as well as room for you to spend the night. She's addressing the servant. So she's basically blessing him. We have enough room for you and your camels to stay with us. But let's stay with this. I'm at uh, verse 26. It says, then the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord saying, praise be to the Lord the God of my master, Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on this journey to the house of my master's relatives. So basically, as she invites him to come over, he gives respect and honor and worship to God saying, Lord, in, in a nutshell, thank you for making my trip successful. Thank you for allowing me to come into contact with uh, the answer for my master, Abraham. I'm at verse 28. It says the young woman ran and told her mother's her mother's household about these things. Now, Rebecca had a brother named Laban and he hurried out to the man at the spring. So the man at the spring is the servant. As soon as he has seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arm and had her Rebecca tell what the man said to her, he went out to the man and found him standing by the camels near the spring. I need you to get this. The man, the servant, who's giving Rebecca these bracelets and this nose ring is outside standing by the spring with the camels. And I want you to think about the camels as a blessing. Everywhere I say camels, I want you to, to put in the word blessing. So he is standing by the blessings near the spring because you got to remember in verse 10 he's loading up his master's camels these camels belong to his master they're loaded up with gold spices clothes incense they're loaded up with all this stuff he is standing as a servant to his master next to the blessings who are by the spring okay um at verse 30 as soon as he has seen the nose ring so as soon as the brothers has seen the nose rings and the braces that his sisters have rebecca wait wait let me go back i'm at verse 30 as soon as he has seen the nose ring and the braces on his sister's arms and had heard rebecca tell what the man said to her he went out to the man and found him standing by the camels near the spring by the blessings near the spring come you who are blessed by the lord so basically they're acknowledging him as being blessed by the lord they say why are you standing out here i have prepared the house in a place for the camels remember i said this this title is the camels have condition i'm inclined to believe that the story was not really about the servant it was about the camels the camels are the blessing look at this they're saying in verse 31 come you who are blessed by the lord he said why are you standing out here i have prepared the house and a place for the camels for the camels I'm at verse 32. So the man went to the house and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for the camels and the water for him and his men to wash their feet. Then food was set before them. But he said, I will not eat until I have told you what I have to say. So basically the senior servant is now at their house. The camels have received their water. His men have washed their feet, but he's saying, I don't want to eat anything until I tell you why I'm here. And this is what he says. He basically repeats uh, what happened between him and Abraham. I'm going to read this really quickly. I'm at verse 34. It says, so he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly and he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants and camels and donkeys. My master's wife, Sarah, has borne him a son in his old age and he has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear on oath and said, you must, you must not get a wife 
Come on now, say with me. You must not get a wife for my sons from the daughter of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but go to my father's family and to my own clan and get my wife and get a wife for my son. Then I asked my master, what if the woman will not come back with me? He replied, the Lord before whom I have walked faithfully will send his angels with you and make your journey a success. So this is basically the senior servant telling Rebecca's family why he's there. He's basically telling them, Abraham told me to come and giving them all the details to the story. It says, you will be released from my oath if and when you go to my clan, if they refuse to give you basically a wife. So Abraham is saying, just go. I'm sending angels before you to do this. And if it don't happen, just come on back. Don't worry about it. And I'm at verse 42. It says, when I came to the spring. So basically the senior servant is telling Rebecca's family when he, when I came to the spring, I said, Lord, God of my master, Abraham, if you will please grant success on my journey on which I have come. See, I am standing beside this spring. If a young woman comes out to draw water and I say to her, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And if she says to me, drink and I'll draw water for your camels too. Let her be the one the Lord has chosen for my master's son. So basically he's telling him the sign that he prayed to God. To, to give him so he would know that that is Isaac's wife. I'm at verse 45. Before I finish praying in my heart, get this, before I finish praying in my heart, I love the scripture. Rebecca came out with a jar on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water and said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jar from her shoulders and said, drink and I'll water your camels too. So I drank and she watered the camels also. I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethel, son of Nahar, whom Malka bore to him. Then I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Remember I said the title on today is that the camels have conditions. She met the first set of conditions when she met the first set of conditions she was blessed come on now because the camels signify a blessing they are fully loaded with blessings when she was obedient come on now i'm gonna need somebody to be obedient on today when she was obedient she received a nose ring and bracelets on her arms and bowed down and worshiped the lord i praise the lord and I praise the Lord, the God of my master, Abraham. I'm at verse 48, 24, Genesis 24 and 48, who had led me on the right road to get the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you will show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me so I may know which way to, to go. So basically he's saying, are you going to do it or aren't you going to do it? Are you, you are, like, are you in or not? So I can know what to do. And then this is what Rebecca's brothers say. Laban and Bethel answered, this is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here is Rebecca. Take her and go and let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. This is the second time that he gives worship and honor to God for uh, allowing the promise in the journey to be successful. Then the servant brought out gold, silver, jewelry, and articles of clothing. I need you to get this. After he worships, after they agree, condition number two, after they agree to let Rebecca go, this is what he does. He worships God. Then he gives them what? Another wealth transfer. It says, then the servant brought out gold and silver and jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and to her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night there. I need you to get this because this wealth transfer is a process. Oh, Rebecca had to be obedient. She was obedient. She followed the three conditions of honor, humility, and service. And then she received the gold uh, nose ring and the bracelets. And then when she took him back to the house and still attended to the camels again, the brothers are attending to the camels uh, and they give them, you know, the solder and the trough. They, they give them this, the, the stuff to be okay. Then the man tells them the story. And then another transfer happens. Transfer number two. It says, when Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground. When he, and when they say he heard what he said, he heard them say basically that they can take, that he can take Rebecca back. So he's happy about this. And, and then what does it say at verse 53? It says, then the servant brought out gold and silver. Remember I said the camels were fully loaded. The camels are the blessing. The camels 
are carrying the bless. The camel is the blessing. And that's why I need you to get this on today. That the camels, the condition of the camels must be met. The camels have a condition. When the camels were satisfied, look at this. Verse 53 says, then the servant brought out gold and silver and jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and her mother. So the, the family is receiving a wealth transfer because of Rebecca obedience and because of their obedience, their obedience. Everybody had this part to play of uh, honoring, humility, and service. People had to be obedient to get their wealth transfer. I believe that obedience following those three conditions of honor, humility, and service is what's going to keep you in alignment so that you can meet the conditions and receive the great wealth transfer. Now stay with me. I'm at verse 55. But her brother and her mother replied, let the young woman remain with us 10 days or so, then you may go. But he said to them, he being the servant, do not detain me. Now the Lord has granted success to my journey. Send me on my way so I may go to my master. So basically he's saying, look, um, don't keep me here waiting no 10 days. I need to take her to my master. This is why I came. I'm at verse 57. Then they said, let us call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, will you go with this man? Come on now. Will you go with this man? So she's getting another opportunity to bag out of the deal. She's getting another opportunity to, to, to follow the conditions or not follow the conditions. They asked her, will you go with this man? And this is how she responds. I love how she responds. She said, I will go. I will go. Come on now. I will go. I need to know who's out there in podcast world who's telling the Lord, I will go. Whatever it costs me, I will go. If it costs you having to leave your country, having to leave your hometown, having to leave this unproductive relationship, will you respond like Rebecca and say, I will go? Because I said the title on today is that the camels have conditions. She could not receive the next a set of blessings has she not agreed to go so let's stay with me i'm almost wrapping so i'm at verse 59 genesis 24 verse 59 it says so they sent their sister rebecca on her way along with her nurse and abraham's servant and his men and they blessed rebecca and said to her this is what they're saying to her our sister may may you increase to thousands upon thousands may your offspring possess the cities of their enemies then rebecca and her attendants got ready and mounted the camels i need you to get this after she says she'll go she received a blessing from her family and she mounted the camels with all of her stuff with all of her stuff she mounted the camels remember i said but i want you to not look at the camels i want you to interchange the word blessing for the word camels it says then rebecca and her attendants got ready and mounted the blessings come on now mounted the blessings i'm calling the camels the blessings the scripture says they mounted the camels but i'm interchanging that for the word blessings it says then rebecca and her attendants got ready and mounted the blessings and went back with the man so the servant took rebecca and left so they on their way they are on there where rebecca is sitting on blessings she's sitting on blessings and headed towards a blessing see this wealth transfer is going to be big but it's going to have conditions i said the title of today's topic is the camels have conditions are you ready to meet the conditions of the blessing i'm at verse 62 it says now isaac had isaac had come from beer lahara for he was living in the he went out to the field one evening to meditate now this is what i call a scene shifter the scene shifts so rebecca's portion of the deal has been met the conditions have been met that she's now mounted the camels she's w- moving out with her attendants on these camels with the master senior servant headed to see the master and the scene now shifts to isaac is shifting to Isaac. Now, Isaac had come from Beer Lahara, for he was living in the Gide. He went out to the field one evening to meditate. So Isaac is out in the field 
meditating. I would uh, conclude that he's out there praying, spending some time with God. We know in the book of Joshua, he tells Joshua to be of good courage and to meditate on these scriptures day and night. It is crucial that we meditate on the word of God. And, and you're seeing him out here meditating. He's in the presence of God, meditating, spending time with God. And in the middle of him meditating and spending time with God, it says, and as he looked up, as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Remember I said, we're going to interchange the word camels for blessings. When he looked up, he saw blessings approaching. Now I need you to get this because Rebecca is a blessing. She's mounted on a blessing. So this is blessings on blessings. When he looked up, he's in the presence of God, spending time with God, minding his own business. And God is out here trying to bless him. He don't even know, at least the Bible don't allude to telling us that Isaac knew that his dad was going to get him a wife. He is minding his business, spending time with God. And in the middle of him spending time with God, he looked up and he saw camels or he saw blessings approaching. Approaching. Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. I'm inclined to believe that they looked up at the same time. I'm inclined to believe that the Lord has spotlighted each of them to one another at the same time. It says, as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. He saw blessings approaching. When Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. Isaac is focused on the blessing. He's focused on the blessings or the blessings. He's focused on the camels and the blessings on the camels. Remember, I said Rebecca is a blessing on the camels. She's a blessing on the blessing because the camels are a blessing and she's a blessing. Isaac is captivated by the blessings approaching. And Rebecca also looks up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel. I'm inclined to believe she got down off of her blessing and asked the servant, Come on now, the senior servant who actually went to get her, the servant is the one who gave her the bracelets and the nose ring. She asked the servant, who is the man in the field coming to meet us? Come on now, the Lord has spotlighted Isaac to Rebecca and Rebecca to Isaac. I'm here to tell you on today, you don't have to look for your Boaz. Y'all will find each other. They found each other. Even they've been spotlighted by God. This was all a divine setup to bless them both. There was blessings sitting on blessings. They were mounted on blessings. Come on now. It says, he is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered her face. Come on now. This is what I want you to get. She got off of her blessing. She got down from the camel and asked the servant. Come on now. See, she's recognizing that I can't get inundated with a blessing. I would rather be connected to the blessed sir. I need you to get that on today because some of us get captivated by the things that God gives, but we don't become captivated with him. I need you to be captivated with God in this season. She is not captivated with what's loaded on the camels. She's not captivated with the blessings. She is captivated with the blesser. She's caught his attention. He's caught her attention. He is meditating. She is looking at him. He's looking at her. She's asking the servant, who is this man? Who is this man? And he says, he is my master. The servant answered. So she took her veil and covered her face. And I'm rapping. It says, then the servant told Isaac all he had done. I'm in verse 66. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and he married Rebecca. So she became his wife and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. I need you to get this word on today. When the scene, the scene shifted. She is a blessing on a blessing. Isaac notices the blessing. The camels belong to Isaac. He recognizes his camels. She's a blessing on his camels. They have been spotlighted to one another. He looks at her. She looks at him. She gets off of her camels. Remember I said conditions must be met. The camels have conditions. She gets off the camel as signifying the humility that she has for the blesser. She's getting, letting him know that I'm humble, that I'm not inundated with the blessing. I want to know you. 
So I'm challenging you on today as this great wealth transfer takes place. Will you be captivated with God or will you be captivated with the blessings that he gives? I need you to get this on today. It says she got off of her blessing to ask the blesser. Come on now. She got off. This is, and this is just me paraphrasing when she got off of her camel and asked the servant, who is the man in the field? So she gets off her blessing to try to meet the blesser. Come on now. I said the camels have conditions and I'm rapping. I want you to know that as this great wealth transfer takes place, there will be conditions. There will be conditions. My, my, my thoughts and my prayers for you is that you will meet the conditions, the conditions of honor because honor begets honor. The condition of humility, humility begets humility and the condition of service, service begets service. Come on now. You cannot receive what you do not respect. Come on now. I need you to get this word on today. I don't want you to miss it in this season. The Lord has set this thing all up. All you have to do is do like Rebecca, do like Rebecca, be obedient. Use those principles I gave you of honor, humility, and service, and you will be blessed in this season. You won't miss your great wealth transfer. And understand, it's not just for you. It's going to be a generational wealth transfer. It's going to touch your family's life. You saw in the scriptures, her brothers were blessed. Her mother was blessed. Everybody's blessed from her obedience. And when they became obedient, they became blessed. Come on now. And then she finds herself uh, meeting the blesser and blesses them. Oh God, I thank you on today. I praise you for each and every person under the sound of my voice that is listening to this podcast. God, I ask even now, God, that you would go into each and every one of their homes, that you will begin to meet them where they stand in need of God. Do it and do it now by your spirit. God, allow your anointing to have free course from the crown of their head to the very soles of their feet. Even now, God, a shift is happening in the atmosphere for you. You are aligning even now. I decree and declare that there will be a divine alignment, that you will come into the conditions and you will meet them, that you might not miss your blessing in this season. We thank you, God. We honor you, God. And we bless your name, God. Again, go over to my YouTube channel, Positive Thinking uh, Positive Thinking Podcast with me, Jasmine Baker. I would love to chat with you on the live and thank you for your loyalty and your patience and know that you are blessed. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you joined us on today's episode of Positive Thinking with Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. We know you are blessed today and we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Positive Thinking Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Mrs. Colorful Day and our message at Positive Thinking, go to www.positivethinkingpodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, you are blessed. Now go color your world.